Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1-13. through 13. As we continue this study of our vision of 2024, the title of this sermon is, What Are You Lacking in Your Faith? Here is the first half of this two-part study. Amen. So last week we, we looked at the first point, which was faith destined for affliction. And we talked about Timothy. Timothy was uh, coming to strengthen their faith. Why? Because Paul was kicked out of Thessalonica because they were going to kill Paul. They had paid to get some, some thugs to get riled up, and they started going to the city ready to remove anyone who was teaching the way which is about Jesus and they for Paul's safety they put Paul on a ship and sent him to Athens and then Paul left Timothy and Silas back in Thessalonica to continue to strengthen the church but one of the things that I love that we read last week is not only did they strengthen the church in faith and love but he strengthened the church as an encourager and I pray that you have an encourager in your life somebody who will help you when you're struggling in your faith or when you're afraid to take that step of faith that will encourage you it's time to go do this you got this God's got you you may be thinking that you can't do it but God's going to give you the strength to do it I know he is I'm going to pray for that and sometimes it's that little push that we need and that's Timothy and, and so Paul left Timothy behind. And, and Paul not only leaves Timothy behind, but he's telling them to hold on to God. Because the tempter will come in. The enemy will come in to try to, to pull them away. And then he tells them about the afflictions. That's where we left off last week in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. It says that no one should be shaken. You know that word means uh, in the Greek, the, the picture that it gives is a dog wagging its tail. Back and forth. To and fro. That's how you are with your decision making. That's what it means to be shaken in the Greek. Uh, can I tell you what is happening when you're going to and fro and the, the dog's tail is wagging? Emotions and feelings, emotions and feelings. What do I do with my emotions and feelings and you're not going by the Word of God? What is God giving you to do? We've got to be very careful because that's what Paul was worried about, that they would be shaken, shaken in their emotions and feelings and make the wrong decision. And be tempted by the tempter and pulled away. 
And for us, it's the same thing. We have to remember that we cannot be drawn by our emotions and feelings, but by the will of God. You have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. You have the Word of God. You, have, you need to hear from God. Ask somebody to pray with you. Be in His Word. God will show you the direction. It's not based on how you feel. Well, I feel like I... Man, don't tell me that. Because I'm going to tell you, you, you're using the F word in the church, and that needs to stop. Your feelings is not what we go by. We go by the Word of God. We go by God's will. That's the direction you need. And so Timothy's trying to get them to understand, like, you're going to go through afflictions. You have an appointed time of afflictions. And that word afflictions in the Greek just meant tribulations or burdens or anguish. But he tells them you, that you have been appointed for this. And we went over some of the things that were part of affliction. When we go through afflictions, one of the things it does is it proves your faith. That you're not a poser. You actually have faith in God. You don't run. Because what happens is a lot of people will run back to the world. Or they, they're being tossed to and fro. It also enables you to comfort others and encourage others because you've been through that same affliction. And you go, I don't know why I went through this, but then somebody comes into your life that goes, has the same issue. And they're able to minister to you and pray with you and encourage you. And then you realize that thing that was so hard, that was so tough, God used it for His glory to minister to someone else, to encourage someone else. The other thing that, that afflictions do is they actually make you more passionate about spreading Christ. You start telling everybody about Jesus. You had a tumor. I just heard this the other day. Dr. Erwin Lutzer. He said there was somebody that had a tumor. Father was going to die. They brought him up. The elders anointed him and prayed over him with, and, and anointed him with oil. The tumor was gone in two weeks. They were trying to hurry up because it was the 50th anniversary of their marriage. And they were like, we got to celebrate it early because he won't be here. They couldn't find the tumor. The doctors couldn't explain it. This is Dr. Erwin Lutzer's dad. His mom and dad were married for 75 years. 75 years. Can you imagine if he had crawled in a hole and said, okay, I guess that's it. But that man lived for another 25 years to share Christ. To tell people, hey, I had this tumor. And let me tell you what Jesus did. He encourages us, helps spread the gospel. And also afflictions help us to relook at what's important in our life and what things need to be removed. It makes you realize like in the affliction, maybe you spent too much time. Maybe your son or daughter is going through the affliction. And maybe you spent too much time at work, working six days a week. And God's showing you in this affliction, hey, I need to take some time and just, I need to be here for the family. What's more important, the ministry of, of work or being with God has granted me this family and I'm in a covenant in my marriage? What's more important for me to sow into? Sometimes we get wrapped up in the wrong things and those afflictions make us look at them and go, okay, well, this is not that important. The other thing that affliction does is it makes you realize that you're living in a fallen world. This one wasn't in your list last week. You're living in a fallen world. How many times have you heard, why would God allow this? Why would God give me cancer? 
you live in a fallen world. In John 16, it says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Because you live in a fallen world, you, you have to deal with the attacks of the enemy. And the enemy can bring affliction to you just as much as the fallen world can. If you're stepping out and doing things for Christ, you can bet believe that the roaring lion is ready to seek and devour you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be of sober spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We have to resist him. In 1 Peter 5, 9, it says, Resist him steadfast in, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood worldwide. He's like, these sufferings, these afflictions, they're happening all across the world because we live in a fallen world. There are people in Africa that have cancer. In Europe, there's illnesses in, in Australia. We live in a fallen world. Another thing that affliction can be is self-affliction. Self-affliction can be a direct consequence of sin. You can afflict yourself by sin. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, it says, For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so what we understand is that when someone decides to live a life of sin, they will struggle with affliction. If you decide that this is what you want to do and they, people will, well, I don't know why it's like this. You chose this. You self-afflicted yourself with sin. And this is the result. You reaped into this. Now we probably all have prodigals or I had prodigals or have had a son or a daughter or a brother-in-law or aunt or uncle that has gone astray. And they've chosen a life of sin. We cannot rescue everybody every time. Sometimes they have to be pressed to a point that they turn to Jesus. If you keep jumping in and rescue him over and over and over and over, eventually what they're going to do is start manipulating you. And I'll tell you the story. It's, it's uh, one of the things that Dr. Erwin Lutzer had shared in that teaching as he said, there was a, a mom that had a son that was addicted to meth. And over a 10-year period, in and out of rehab, knowing that she was a Christian woman, would open her doors, stolen checks, stolen merchandise out of the house. Stuff was happening. And she realized after a 10-year period, she had lost $200,000 on that one son trying to save him. And it wasn't until he went to jail, affliction, he found Jesus. He found Jesus. We have to realize, like, we, we want to help. And, I, man, let me tell you, I, sometimes it's so hard to take a step back. The lines of communication never stop. Never stop. Let them know, hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. If you need anything, if we can pray for you, if you need scripture, whatever it is that you need, we're here. But if I know you're struggling with addiction, the last thing I need to give you is money. You're just helping the situation. 
You remember the prodigal son? The prodigal son said in Luke chapter 15 and, and verse 17, but when he came to his senses, he woke up. He was pressed by his circumstances. His sin had drawn him to this place. He had been here this whole time with all the money. Like he, when he asked for his inheritance, it's as if he says, Dad, you're dead to me. Give me my inheritance. And he spends it going to Babylon. He goes to the world. The foreign land is what it says, which is a picture of Babylon. Loose women, booze, all that stuff is what he's spending his money on. But now he's broke. And nobody's helping him. And one of the things that Dr. Erwin Lutzer said, I love that he said it. He goes, where is the father at home? Is the father trying to help him in the foreign land? No. He has to come to his senses. Now that's hard to hear, right? But sometimes that's what afflictions do. I have one for you right now that you have seen play out on the news. You have a person that's running this administration who has a son who has had his daddy come and rescue him every time he gets in trouble. And you know what he needs? He needs to be pressed. He needs his affliction to bring him to a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I can tell you that is not a man that is humbled by his affliction. When you go prounce your little self into Congress and sit in front of the administration, in front of Congress, knowing that you have a, a subpoena, they got two people that are ready to go, that are going to jail for not, not attending when they had subpoenas. And he's doing it and he'll get away with it. Why? Because daddy's going to save him again. You're seeing it played out in real life. You're seeing what happens when we don't allow the pressing to happen. The guy has two felonies. The, the gun charge alone should be time in jail. Let him go to jail. He needs to find Jesus. But see, this is what religion gets you. You think you can just go in and I'll just tell the priest, forgive me of my sins. You haven't been forgiven, bro. Because you haven't, you haven't repented in here. See, when you get pressed with affliction of sin, you need to deal with it, you and God. You and God. You need to turn from that sin and turn to Him. That's sad. When you, and, I, and it breaks my heart to see that played out on national TV, but you can see the process of sin being played out on national TV. And what happens when somebody comes in and rescues that person because they have what? They have a title, they have authority. And they're not helping him. He's 40 years old, guys and gals. He's 40 years old. At what point is he going to get it? That's what affliction should press us. It should make us return to Christ. If we, if we have a relationship with Christ, we should repent and turn back to him. If we don't have a relationship with Christ, sometimes that pressing that happens. And sometimes, unfortunately, some people have to be pressed really hard. But every time you go in to rescue them, you're not allowing the work of the Lord to be done. I'm not saying that you don't pray with them. But if they don't want to hear your gospel, what are you doing? If they don't believe in your God, it, it's hard. It's hard. I have a, a, a young daughter right now who is... I got five. There's something moving up there. 
if something comes through the wall and lord help us who, who's got their gun because there's something moving up in there <laughs> but affliction self-affliction can be something that happens because of sin pray for them help them get on the right path but if they keep going back to the same thing over and over and over you need to step back and pray for them from afar and when they go through that final pressing because what will happen is God will press so hard they will either have to make a choice to follow or they will be given up to a debased mind that's what happens next affliction can bring judgment from God and I believe our nation is in in an affliction we are under judgment from God right now. We have a nation that has turned its back on God. When you read Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 18 through 19, it says, Therefore I poured out my wrath on them for the blood which they had shed on the land because they have defiled it with idols. Also I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed throughout the lands according to their ways and the deeds I judged them. For some reason, we don't think that we won't be judged as a nation. We will. You keep killing babies. You keep trying to mutilate children and, and, and disrupt the image of God. They were created male and female. Everything that we see goes against the Word of God in our culture today. You have, you have uh, I don't know how many of y'all let your kids listen to Taylor Swift. She's practicing, if, you, if you've ever been to her concert, she practices actual satanic rituals on the stage. And she's teaching the kids how to cast spells now. You had a little Nas X who actually just came out saying, I'm a Christian now, after he was gay, and saying that how y'all got to accept me and all this other stuff. And then he mocks God and his video. And y'all think at some point, I, man, I'm telling you, hey, bro, if, 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 if anybody knows that dude, you need to tell him, hey, brother, you need to repent. You keep mocking God and don't think there's going to be some kind of consequence. There will be. You will be judged. for your Look, your affliction can cause judgment. That goes back to sin. If you look at Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, tell me this doesn't sound like our nation. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppresses the truth and unrighteousness. Do you believe that the truth is being suppressed? It is. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. They already know. So every trans, every LGBTQIA, Anyone who decides, any atheist, they already know in their heart that God has put that in them. Eternity. They know who God is. But they refuse to follow. They know. And they suppress the truth. It says, For God made it evident to them, for since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse for even though they knew God they did not honor him as God or gave thanks give thanks but they became futile in their in their speculations and their their foolish hearts was was darkened and this is the part right here this is the United States professing to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God 
For an image in the form of corruptible man and, and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures, therefore God gave them over to their lust of their hearts and to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth, for, uh, the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For the women exchanged their natural function for what is unnatural. And in the same way, also men abandoned the natural function of the women and burned in their desire towards one another, men with, with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not fit to acknowledge God in any longer... God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with, and this is, again, just this is the United States, filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Do you understand, like, the majority of your Congress and Senate have given, they've, they've given authority. They, they're like, hey, go ahead and practice it. It's okay. You even have Republicans that have said it's okay. You think about the, the disobedient, the parents, they're teaching the kids, hey, you don't have to listen to mom and dad. You can be whatever you want. They're teaching them that in the schools right now. We don't have to tell your parents. We can actually send you across state lines and have you have a medical procedure without your parents ever knowing to have the abortion. They're doing that in Kansas City to underage kids. It's in the newspaper. They suppress the truth. How many of you knew that there were two naval Navy SEALs missing right now in Somalia? Didn't know that, did you? Because it's not in the news. They suppress the truth. That's why a Calvary Chapel lost its Facebook page because they gave truth and Facebook took it away. And guess what? You better be ready for it. You may post the wrong thing over this this year and they may take your privileges away because they don't want the truth out. Why? There's only one truth, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ says that all of these things, the LGBTQIA, the transgender, you were created male and female. Jesus says that. People say that Jesus never spoke on gay relationships. Jesus said you were created male and female for what? Marriage. There you go. There's no other discussion that needs to be had. But our, our nation has embraced this stuff. To the point, hey, you can have an abortion all the way up until pregnancy. Maybe even when the baby's born, we'll go ahead. If you don't want it, we'll kill it. That's what California was throwing around. Do you not think that we're under judgment? 
that, that we're being afflicted because of our sin as a nation. I told you when we went over the book of Malachi, there was a remnant. And I believe there's a remnant. But I tell you what, the remnant needs to really get knee deep into prayer. And start praying for this nation. And that God, look, Christians have to, look, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm going to be, Christians have gotten too soft. You know what the truth is. Don't let them shove that, that lie down to your children. Or to your teenagers. If you see something that's sinful, don't let them watch it. If you have somebody that's teaching them how to be necromancers and sorcerers and doing witchcraft, don't let them participate. You have people like Doja Cat that are worshiping Satan. Little Nas X at the end of the video has a satanic flag. Oh, it's okay. Let my kids listen to it and dance to it. It's fine. Oh, they're Swifties. No. You need to wake up. You need to stand firm in the faith and understand like some of the afflictions that we go through are self-inflicted. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 